Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And Alyssa has worked in ministry for? Uh, I counted this yesterday, I think 14. 14 years? Yeah. Wow. Something like that. Awesome. And so today we are joined by Alyssa. Yeah, 14. 14 years, yeah. He's like, he's <laughs> he's like, like we've moved on, guys. Everything. We've moved on. <laughs> Shout out to Alob for the intro music. And today we're diving into a topic that uh, is often ignored, and that is conflict. And so the idea is, what about conflict? Is it needed in ministry? Should it be avoided at all costs? And if it's avoided, what is the real cost? Let's go ahead and jump in, guys. What are your thoughts on conflict in ministry? We're starting off with the conflict right now. Because how many people actually have any clue who Alyssa is? I've been on the show a couple of times. I know, but like the, some of the people listening on the show may not have any clue who she is. So you're doing this wrong, Chris. <laughs> Chris. A big whoop. You want to fight about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, God, go for it. Much. Alyssa, who are you? Uh, my name is Alyssa, and I work at Ablaze with Matt. I was a co-founder back in the day when we got started. And Chris is laughing at me. This is great. Because you said you, you were, like past I tense. I am. I was and am a co-founder. Own it. Own it. Um, let's see. I don't know what else. I am on a different podcast, and eventually we'll do a crossover episode. Yeah, this is kind of a half crossover. A half crossover. We have half of Everyday Catholics here with us. Yes. Father Ryan, maybe we'll pull up a, a picture later or something. But they have never had either of us. <clears throat> on, their sh- on our show. You're right. We have talked about it, Chris. It, it just Good. hasn't happened yet. Yeah, sure, whatever, whatever. I talk a lot about prayer, but I don't pray, so let's <laughs> well, talk about the fruitfulness of this. I'm glad you're leading our young people. Um, I don't know what else. Cheesy intro things. I like to hike. I like to travel. I have a cat that I got at Target. Which is, oh, oh. <laughs> Your face was I awesome. love telling that to youth because they, they, they're like, uh-huh, what? Like, <laughs> it's a long story. We won't go into it, but Target has good cats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. In the back of the parking lot where you can buy other strange things. Oh, no. He was at the front. <laughs> of the parking lot. Of the parking lot. <laughs> Next to the Girl Scout cookies. Uh, close to where they would have been. They weren't there that day. But had they been, yes, he would have been in cahoots. Well, good. All right. I'm so a, I, he's yes. like, I don't even know what to do. With Chris, like, move it forward. How, how do we keep going? How do we get back? Meow. Meow. <laughs> so uh, conflict, Chris. We avoid it. Okay. Why? Right? Why do we avoid it? Why do we avoid it? Or should we avoid it? No. We shouldn't avoid it. No. We should not avoid it. We, I mean, it's not like we're looking to go pick fights, you know, just for no reason. Um, but we sh- absolutely should not avoid well, the conflict. I think some people, uh, I mean, you're right. We shouldn't do that either. But some people do. I mean, we fall, I've seen people in ministry fall into pride and have the mindset that whatever I'm saying has to be right. And so there's no dialogue. And that's part of why conflict is healthy because it's a way to foster good dialogue. But the extreme can happen on the other end where you have somebody who refuses to dialogue and refuses to conflict because they think they're right about everything. So that's not good either, but I think it, it can happen, so. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple different types of conflict. We have destructive conflict, right? Yep. I, I don't want to do this because you're a tootie pants, you know, so where, where you're attacking the other person <laughs> mm-hmm. is destructive conflict. And then mm-hmm. your pastor or your coworkers are offended because you called them a tootie pants. Um, <laughs> that is very offensive. That's a, personal, that's a personal attack. And then we have healthy conflict where it's dialogue, right? Even though there's tension in the dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's working towards 
a better a better goal. It's it's about an issue or about the mission or about the vision, and not about someone's pants being tooty or non tooty. So that's the thing. But a lot of times there's two opposite ends on the spectrum, and Pat Lencioni talks a lot about mm-hmm. this. And he talks about on one end there's um, destructive conflict, which is a lot like hell. Like it's just like people are hurting each other. It's toxic work environment. Anytime you talk to someone, there's it's just explosion, yelling, and personal attacks. And then all the way on the other end is artificial harmony, yep. mm-hmm. where like no conflict ever happens, but everyone is secretly like dying inside because they're not sure how to read anyone. So you just silo up. And then when someone says, hey, we're going to move forward in this, you don't actually offer support, but you secretly resent them and hope that they fail because that wasn't an idea that you were on board with, even though you're on a team together. And then you you just get that, I told you so, in the hopper, and you can't wait till they fail. Mm-hmm. That's artificial harmony. That's also toxic. So yep. on both ends of the scale, uh, unhealthy conflict and artificial harmony or no conflict, it's toxic. Yep. And so in the middle, we find ourselves with what, what would be constructive or healthy conflict. But it's scary. Yeah. And the way, the way Patrick Lencioni says it is because if you're at artificial harmony and you're moving towards um, healthy conflict, like you're taking steps in that direction, all you see is the opposite end of the scale. And you're like, we're taking a step closer to hell because yeah. that's what it's like when there's destructive conflict. And so it's hard to do. But I would argue that it's necessary because there was conflict anytime there was amazing fruits in the church. Mm-hmm. Christ's cross was conflict. Yep. The, at Pentecost, they immediately said, you've drank too much wine. There was conflict. There was conflict at all these different pieces, and it was conflict for the sake of a greater vision and for the sake of the mission. And so conflict, I believe, ultimately can uh, lead to salvation. Yeah, so why are we talking about this on Ministry Leaders Anonymous? I mean, we're all Christians. We all get along, right? We don't need to have conflict. Yeah, so we each have a unique set of gifts. And we need to go ahead and... Thank you. (laughs) We're Christians. We all love each other all the time. And we never disagree. No, ever. (laughs) So that's the thing. We all have a different set of gifts, and so we're going to see things from a different perspective. And if we want to have comprehensive ministry, and we do, then we're going to go ahead and have to, you know, use our ears more than our mouths. And sometimes that listening process, that discussion process, has conflict involved because we have different ideas, because we have different promptings of the Holy Spirit and different gifts in the way that they're utilized. Yeah. And so if we want to see the fuller picture, I need to see what God has put on your heart or the front burner of your heart. (laughs) Every time. uh, Every time. He tries to bring that up in every episode. (laughs) It's like an Easter egg now. And make sure that uh, that the Spirit's moving us both in the same direction, because if we're on a team and all disciples are, then we have to be working together. Yeah, and as as leaders, we have to be prepared to be wrong, be okay if we're wrong, and be prepared to defend whatever we're trying to do. Like, So if we really believe in what we've stated as our mission or, or what we're going to be doing this week or that week or whatever, and someone challenges that, we need to be prepared prepared to defend it. And if we're not, it can't be this, well, I'm not ready to defend it, so I'm mad at you now. We have to be the leaders that are prepared to give a, like a testimony for why we're doing what we're doing to get people behind what we're doing. Does that make sense? So conflict is yeah. good. It helps us to fine-tune and define why we're doing what we're doing. 
I think it also causes everybody to have to do that themselves. So if I'm, I'm, th- I'm picturing a staff meeting, you know, we've got people with different gifts and people with different priorities. So you're going to have somebody from children's ministry, somebody from RCIA, somebody from the youth group, and there's X amount of dollars or there's X amount of time and resources. And we're going to have a conversation about the best way to use these by Matt standing up and saying, you know what, I think the youth ministry should be able to use the chapel during this time for our youth night and here's why we're, we're working on prayer whatever it is he's articulating the vision by him doing that that's calling up the other ministry leaders in the room to have to also advocate for their youth for, for whatever ministry and articulate their vision and it's calling everyone higher if nobody says anything and there's just artificial harmony or attacking that's destructive no one gets better like no one is sharpened and no one's chasing after the vision no one's trying to evangelize it just everything stays in mediocrity yep so what, what you described is a good litmus test of whether or not you have artificial harmony or not. So I want you to, at your next staff meeting, listener, to go in and listen, experience, participate, and then immediately after the staff meeting, pay attention as well. Artificial harmony, a lot of times it's after the staff meeting when things get taken care of. Mm-hmm. Can you believe Matt wants to use the chapel? We were going to do the right of uh, election that day for RCIA, and mm-hmm. RCIA is more important than youth ministry. I can't believe he would totally stomp on us. Matt had no idea. Matt had no idea. But all of a sudden, the meeting after the meeting is destructive to other people, mm-hmm. and they're trying to go ahead and make moves or make plays or play politics and things like that. And that's artificial harmony. Yeah. Healthy conflict is at the table yeah. at the appropriate yeah. time. You can go ahead and say, hey, can we just pause and discuss stewardship of the use of this space? We actually have some sacramental prep stuff that needs to go on that night, and we were hoping to use the chapel. At which point, Matt would have understanding and say, great, so maybe in two weeks is when we do the youth night event. Oh, okay, great, done. And that's healthy conflict. It's okay Mm -hmm. to say no to to people on staff, so long as you have, like you said, Alyssa, the reasons for the bigger yes that you're saying to. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think as well, Chris, you mentioned the meeting after the meeting. That's another way to tell if your whole organization or your team is healthy. Because, and I forget which professional development person talks about that, but it might be Lencioni as well. But it's just, that's going to tell you whether or not you're actually articulating concerns, issues, if people are united in what they're doing. Because another thing that this one I know is Lencioni, he says, uh, if it, if people don't buy in, they'll destroy the mission or the vision. It'll come out sideways. Um, so if they're not bought in, they'll destroy it afterwards or they'll gossip or they'll cut down what other people are trying to do and you don't have unity. Yeah. So then what if the conflict is with your supervisor or the pastor? What if there's a misalignment? Um, how do you approach that? Well, and that's, I mean... And I don't know if it's, yeah, it's, I would say it's definitely unique. Anytime there's a conflict with your supervisor, you've got a certain level of, I don't know. I mean, my, that's you, like, you got to be careful with right. that. Yes. But then when you have like a pastor, that's different because of their, their ordination and partially because of the culture in Catholicism with regards to the respect for the priesthood, you don't disagree with father. What Father says goes. Um, and and that's not always right. Um, but there's a way to disagree with your supervisor. There's also a way to disagree with your priest, your pastor, that is that should be fruitful. If the supervisor is of the mindset of, you don't question me, period. You do what I say no matter what. 
and this goes for priests as well, then you're you're not going to be able to have healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked to, like we've been talking about Lencioni a lot. The first <laughs> before you can have conflict, you have trust. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know is what I'm going to say going to be heard? Am I able to say this without jeopardizing my job? You know, all these other things. And if you don't trust that your opinion will actually be heard, if it will be just shut down because of the station of the person you're talking to, then you're not going to have healthy conflict. So I'm uh, currently coaching someone in youth ministry, and uh, this person said to me, how many times are you going to say the word clarity in our meeting? She, she was like, <laughs> you, okay, you're killing, killing it. You're beating a dead horse. But I believe that in regards to those type of conversations, going in, and saying the objective of our conversation is to build clarity together, and I'm just unclear on what your vision is, or I'm unclear on why we're moving in this direction. And then all of a sudden, it's something that you guys are working on together to build this clarity, um, and that can be helpful because you guys are accomplishing something together. Oh, no, no, it sounds like that was a, you said that I failed, or you said that I, I didn't do a good job here. And I understand, I understand that, but I think I still am lacking complete clarity. Could we talk about to keep moving it back to the clarity conversation? Because now it's not about a person or a specific situation. It's about clarity, and that's something you can build together. And I think that's a healthy way to go in and have some conflict, healthy conflict about it of I'm seeking clarity. Mm -hmm. And again, you can also bring up past situations. I know you're frustrated, uh, father or supervisor, about X, Y, or Z. One of the challenges I saw is that when I lack complete clarity, it causes tension like the example you just gave. And so now you're blaming a lack of clarity so that you're building clarity together. It's hard to do, and it's awkward, and yes, you have to say the word clarity like 150 times, <laughs> which, but, but it's also disarming if it's like, yeah. hey, can, can you help me find clarity? Mm-hmm. Well, people, people do. Christians want to help people. They yeah. do. You know, and oh, thank you so much. That provides a little bit more clarity. I'm not completely clear, so could we talk a little bit more about this aspect? Build clarity. That's a safe and healthy way to, to have some conflict. And I think that works because it's humble and it works because it, I think another way you could say clarity is maybe understanding. It's like, I'm not sure I understand what it is that you're wanting to see happen with this. So then it it's, you're displacing any kind of blame. That's why it's disarming. It's like, I'm not saying that this was something that you did wrong. I'm not saying that you're wrong about how you think about this. I'm just asking for clarification. I'm not sure I understand what it is that you're trying to bring about. If you could help me understand, maybe I would see what it is that we're working towards, or maybe I would understand why it is we're disagreeing. Now you still might disagree at the end of that. You're like, no, it's pretty clear. I think you're wrong. Like, um, and I think in those situations, it's a continuing to try and advocate and possibly then bringing in others who could also enlighten the conversation. I've seen that work well, where it's like, okay, maybe we should ask this council. Maybe we should get some input from other leaders in the parish. Maybe we should hear from parents. Maybe we should hear from volunteers because I still, I'm not quite sure that that this would be the best for this ministry. Could we continue this conversation and bring in some other vantage points here to continue enlightening the pool of knowledge that we have around this topic? And they could say, Alyssa, I heard your points. This is as far as we're able to take the conversation. We have to make a decision and we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patrick Lencioni talks about it, I think in Five Dysfunctions, about how in those moments, make sure everyone in the dialogue feels heard. Mm-hmm. And then 
to be able to commit. And so sometimes you have to disagree and commit, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so yeah. it, everyone, everyone felt heard. But, but when there's artificial harmony, no one commits, right? Silence is not consent. Silence actually represents decent because they're not actually sharing their opinion. And that's what artificial harmony does. So we have to make sure we create opportunities for everyone to feel heard. The other piece, especially when there's conflict around an issue, right? We had this issue. Well, there wasn't clarity. Let's go ahead and seek clarity. No, no. We need to go ahead and address what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. If it was 2% your fault and 98% the other person's fault, go into that conversation, ministry leaders, humbly, like Alyssa mentioned, and own that 2%. I'm going to take a thousand percent ownership of that 2%. This was, this is where I failed. And, and then don't, don't turn around and say, but the other part of it was all your fault. You know, you go <laughs> ahead and you own, you own out of it and you're like, and I'm so sorry for, 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 for this piece that caused this division, this lack of clarity, you know, this mm-hmm. confusion. Um, and, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, this person's humble. They're willing to start with an apology. This, the conversation starts to move back to the mission real quick mm-hmm. outside of just focusing on individuals when that takes place. Yeah. And that's healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've even been, I've been in conversations where unfortunately that it didn't move back to the vision and it didn't move back to the mission. And it's like, we, oh no, we let, oh yeah, it was not good. But it was like, we, we led with apologies and we owned up to, you know, our 2%, our 10%, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And for me in that situation, looking back on it, it's like, I know that I did whatever I could do and I was honest and I had integrity. And so for me, it's even more of a just like, I have peace knowing that I did the right thing in that situation and that I did try and foster healthy conflict and I did apologize. Um, So yeah, in those situations, sometimes it's hard because no matter what you do, the conflict won't be healthy because it's on the other party and that's hard. Um, But for, like I said, for me in those moments to know I've done what I can to foster healthy conflict. I've done my part and what I've been called to do as a ministry leader to move this forward for the sake of the people that I serve. Um, sometimes that's all you that's all you got. That's And that brings up a really good point because sometimes we are on teams that, that just don't have an atmosphere where you can have healthy conflict. But as ministry leaders, most of us are leading a ministry. You are the top of that ministry. Now, maybe you're a volunteer, so I, I have something to say for you as well, like if you're not leading a ministry. If you're leading a ministry, you need to foster a, a space mm-hmm. where you can have dramatic meetings which are full of conflict. And that's the analogy that Nuncioni always gives is a movie. You know, nobody goes to a movie with no drama. Um, because that would be boring as all get out and nobody likes that. That's why people hate meetings um, is because meetings have no drama. <laughs> there, there's no excitement about it. There, nothing happened there. There was no conflict. And so the best meetings are the ones where you have the most conflict, you know, the most healthy conflict. And so you may be on a team where the leader is not allowing that to happen. You may not be able to influence that to make that happen, um, especially in the meeting. Now, outside of the meeting, you may be able to lead up and talk to that leader and say, hey, you know, my, I've been you know, leading the core team meetings or the youth ministry volunteer meetings or the RCIE meetings in this way, and we've actually gotten a lot done, and they've become kind of exciting, and a lot of things have happened. I learned this from this book or whatever. 
um, I think it'd be really good for these meetings, you know, so that would be a way to lead up and help that to happen in, in those meetings where you're not really in charge, right? Because when you're not in charge, you can't necessarily create that atmosphere if it's not given, you know, by the leader. Right. Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a limit on it. Um, but I, one of the things as a leader that I love to do is foster that conflict and invite it. You know what? It looks like it looks like you're not sold on this. Like your face is telling me you're not okay with what we're talking about. Can you tell me what's going on? Or how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about this? I want your honest opinion. Do you think this is the best idea? Those kind of statements tell everybody in the room it's okay. It makes it safe for them to disagree and it's freeing. Like you can just see the fruits of it everywhere. Um, but sometimes the air in the room feels different. It feels heavier mm-hmm. and everyone gets real quiet and it's mm-hmm. almost like, <clears throat> like, let's get ready to rumble, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're just like, I was just seeking clarity. What is happening, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so you, you mentioned, Alyssa, like there's situations where you go into a situation and you can see this is going to be destructive conflict. Mm-hmm. Like what? What do you do? What I mean, because ultimately, self care. You know, I've I've talked to people that have had intense. Let's just say it politely. Intense conversations with their pastor, mm-hmm. and they only had the conversation once, but they replayed it in their head for the last three months. Yep. Now they're they feel like a caged bird. The bird, mm-hmm. the, the door to the cage is wide open. You know, the the pastor has maybe moved on or not, but uh, but they don't. They're they're, they're paralyzed mm-hmm. out of fear. They're paralyzed in in that wound. Mm-hmm. So what, what what are your thoughts in regards to that? Like, do we just go ahead and have that artificial harmony because it's better than being broken? Or what happens when there's destructive conflict that exists in your workplace, in your in your ministry? And what, mean, are you, what are you supposed to do today? For me, what I've seen in situations where that's happened is kind of what I mentioned earlier, that I know what healthy conflict looks like. I know what a healthy team looks like, what healthy workplace environment looks like. And so I'm going to do everything I can to contribute to that. I'm going to try and foster non-toxic conversations, non-toxic meetings. I'm going to try and dialogue. I'll apologize first. Um, I'm going to say, here's what I like about my own idea. And here's what I don't like about this, my own idea. What are your thoughts? So I mean, there's, we can't make people behave in ways that are healthy. We can't make them have healthy conflict, but we can model it and we can do everything we can to foster it ourselves. But at the end of the day, no, I've done everything I can. Um, And if this continues and I've sought outside help, counsel from other people, it might be something where it's like, okay, I need to take a step back from this situation just because this isn't healthy and it's not continuing. um, It's not getting any better. Good. No, I and I and the the first thing I thought of is like, bring Jesus into those conversations. Oh yeah. Sorry, I was assuming that. Sorry. Yes. No, no. I know. I know. Thank that's, I know that's the that. assumption. But there, there's times where it's like, okay, I've got to call this person in and give them a talking to about how they miss the mark here, here, or here. It's like, let's start with prayer. Holy Spirit, come mm-hmm. be a part of our conversation so that what what's said is received in the way that it's intended mm-hmm. so that you might be glorified in this in this situation. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad that you like made a point to mention that, Chris, because I'm thinking about in situations where the room hasn't been healthy, the room has been heavy, and conflict hasn't been good. Um, in those moments, I personally invite the Holy Spirit in and help. I ask him to help me recognize, is this, a, is this something I just let go? Is this a minor conflict that we're disagreeing over what kind of food we're giving the kids? 
who cares? Like as long as the kids have food, that's fine. Um, so there are minor things that would be best to just let go. Or I've had other situations where I'm like, Holy spirit, the, the thing that this person is saying right now is just so untrue. And it is casting a complete falsity over this ministry, over the teens, over our character. And I recognize the spirit in those moments. Cause I just feel like my heart's about to beat out of my chest. Like, and it's just yeah. this surge of courage and I'm a pansy. Like I'll just go ahead and say that <laughs> Matt knows this. I'm a pansy. So I know it's the Holy I wouldn't spirit. say pansy. You, you're not a fan of conflict. I'm not a fan of conflict. Fine. We'll say it that way. Um, but so, <laughs> So then I know in those moments where it's like, all right, let's go. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> That's God. And so in those moments, I just ask for courage and I say, okay, I'm going to try and be as charitable as possible. And I'm going to try and communicate what's true. And, and again, looking back, I know that I did everything I could. And that's what Jesus will ask me afterwards. Because like you were saying, Chris, sometimes I'll look back on those meetings and replay those conversations. And did I do that right? Was I was I kind? Like, was I, did I mess up? Whatever. And usually the Lord's like, were you, were you loving? Were you seeking the good? You're good. Um, so that's kind of the, the bar that he sets for yep. me. So. Yeah, and, and love makes demands. And mm-hmm. we're called to share mm-hmm. love. God is, God is love. God makes demands. And yep. so... Conflict is necessary. And, and this is kind of, as we wrap up, I want to emphasize this. Like, if, if there's not conflict in your ministry, there is not going to be growth in your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying go pick a fight, but I am saying look for ways to go ahead and have healthy conflict because your ministry deserves it. And you as a ministry leader, you deserve it. Even if it's uncomfortable, being uncomfortable for the love of Christ, for the sake of the teens, I mean, we get to be united. We're about to enter into that season of Lent. Actually, this this will release during Lent. So we'll <laughs> be in the season of Lent journeying with Christ. Maybe that's your Lenten goal is to have, you know, two hard conversations a week. Yeah. But yeah. to try and do them in charity, fostering healthy conflict, seeking clarity or understanding. Um, but y- your ministry is worth it, just like your salvation was worth the conflict. Now... I don't think Christ's conflict was healthy conflict. I think, you know, nailing someone to a cross. <laughs> uh, that's, that should be off the table. It should be off the table. Matt? So um, I, I was thinking about this. Like, I, conflict isn't the goal. Conflict is the symptom or the result of a healthy team. So what if you don't see conflict, if there's not conflict there, it's not that you need to go have conflict with someone. It's that you need to make sure that your team is set up to be an environment where in conflict just happens, that it's there. So if you, does that make sense? Yes, but I would say 95% of teams in ministry that don't have conflict are existing in artificial harmony. Which is an environment of mistrust. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that we're saying the same thing. Um, (laughs) If you don't have trust, you cannot have conflict. Yeah. And I think... But with enough healthy conflict, you'll have less conflict because they know that they can talk about things. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think, Matt, your point's right. Like, the goal shouldn't be to go pick a fight. And you've said that too, Chris. Like, the goal is united vision and everybody rising and getting getting better at the ministry that they're carrying out. Um, And at a point, it becomes so second nature that it doesn't feel like a battle. It doesn't feel like conflict. It just feels like healthy dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, and if you guys are looking into this, like how do you how do you set up a team that can have good conflict? The Five Dysfunctions of a Team is the book from Patrick Lencioni, and it dives through you know all of the different things that you need on a team to be able to have conflict. 
Mm-hmm. There's also a YouTube presentation on it. If mm-hmm. you want kind of like, well, before I commit and like listen to the book or buy the book, he's hysterical. Um, yeah. So I recommend we yeah. have our team watch the YouTube presentation. He's that so he ADD. It's just a riot. Oh, it's great. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So good. Well, as we wrap up, how can our listeners find us, Matteo? You guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play, MLAPodcast.com. Email us at mla at ablazeyouth.org. Please write us a review on iTunes. Go check out Everyday Catholics, where Alyssa, you can find more of Alyssa. Yeah, share this with another ministry leader. Great. Um, and please, please, please share with us uh, your methods for having healthy conflict or, or entering into difficult conversations. Um, our Facebook page, just, just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Our Facebook group is the best way to go ahead and do that. And thank you for joining us, Alyssa. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any other ways that they can find you aside from the Everyday Catholic Podcast? I mean, Facebook, Twitter, you just search my name. That's that's about it. Alyssa, Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa Trutter. Trutter, yes. T-R-U-T-T-E-R. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and seek out healthy conflict. We'll see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And God bless you. Bye.